Hello and welcome to the SBI Monthly Podcast, where we inform and educate on sales and marketing trends and best practices, and hopefully entertain a little along the way. I'm George Delos Reyes, a principal with SBI, and I'll be your host today. Joining me this morning is Ed Puisis. Ed is the Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer for Intelligrated. For those who have not heard of Intelligrated, Intelligrated is a leading North American-based single-source provider of intelligent, automated material handling solutions. Their solutions drive distribution and fulfillment productivity for retailers, manufacturers, and logistics providers around the world. Ed is joining us today, as I mentioned, and his career spans several industries and various leadership roles, including sales. His diverse background gives him a unique perspective when engaging sales and marketing from a CFO perspective. I'm really excited to have Ed with us as our guest today. Welcome, Ed. Thank you, George. Great to be here. So, Ed, before we begin, because I obviously have a series of questions to ask you, can you tell us a little bit more about Intelligrated, your role in the company, and maybe share a little bit with the audience today some of your past experiences? Sure. Intelligrated, as you described, from concept to integration to lifecycle support, is an automator, and basically what we provide our customers is productivity. And so lately the markets have been very excited about buying productivity and automation. There's a lot of pressure on retailers and many of our other customers to grow their profit regardless of the fact that demand may not be growing. So that's what we go in and we help to make them more efficient in terms of what they're doing, the processes that they currently have. We may change them or improve them and maybe overall we uh, eliminate errors. And that seems to be the biggest driver of cost for most of the retailers today. And your role at uh, Intelligrated? Yeah, I'm privileged to lead the finance group, which is organized kind of in three groups, international, a treasury group, and a, all the controllers and analysts for the business that support each of the departments. I also lead the IT group, our information technology group, procurement, and facilities worldwide. We're growing fairly fast. We've been growing between 10 and 20 percent a year since 2004, or 2010, I should say, and are challenging ourselves to get to a billion dollars. So growth is kind of our major focus, and it's all based around serving customers' needs. It's interesting. You, you describe your responsibility side of Intelligrated. You definitely wear a lot of hats, and you know, I, I've shared with you, and we've had several conversations in the past, and You've worn many hats in your career. Can you share with us some of your past experiences? Sure. I have a different background than most CFOs. I actually was a biologist, got an MBA and GE-like scientist, and went to work for General Electric. Worked for GE for 10 years, started off on their financial management program, actually came off the program and worked as an inventory programs manager. They weren't happy with our inventory turnovers in the business. Then went in and helped lead a change in production for GE's motors businesses. We were basically running a push manufacturing operation, and we decided we'd go to a pull operation, make to order more, and we're able to dramatically reduce our inventories and, and meet customer promises more effectively. Went on to run marketing and sales worldwide for the parts businesses for the the Motors Division of GE. And then my first finance job actually was, other than through my program, was head of finance 
or manager of finance for the drives motors and generators business and then kind of grew within there to different roles and heads of finance of divisions or departments within GE. Left there and then went to work for a logistics company. That was kind of my first introduction to logistics in Memphis, Tennessee and in Frankfurt, Germany where we handled a lot of RMA and POS processes. Then went to a steel company, actually got to got invited to the White House a few times to advise uh, the president and his cabinet on trade issues that the steel industry was having and what our strategies might be relative to steel in the U.S. versus our competitors abroad. Then most recently prior to coming here was with a company called State and Superior which is within the engineering and manufacturing of products for concrete construction and then in 2010 joined Intelligrated. So you have a, a pretty diverse career and background. That's, that's pretty impressive. So having held various executive level positions, how have you applied those learnings and those experiences to your current role? And, and specifically as, as they relate to managing this, you know, the integrated sales and marketing teams. I know you don't have direct management of them, but interacting with them. Why don't we start with sales? When you look at sales from your perspective and given those, all those past experiences you have, you know, what are some of your greatest frustrations when you interact with the sales team or the sales function? Sure. I, I tend to start at a macro viewpoint and obviously sales goals is to get orders and as most of the departments the challenge is, is how do you continue to improve and get more, more orders and more profitable orders year over year and I'd say that the early frustration often with the sales organization is sales leaders and sales people in general tend to like to work within the system. And as you grow and get bigger, it's maybe more important to go through a transition and start spending more of your time working on the system. So what are mm -hmm. your processes? What are your controls? What are your metrics and KPIs? And that to a lot of the salespeople isn't where they want to spend their time. And, and that gets to be a struggle because you, you really need to look at the holistic system and say, is it getting more efficient and better? And then you can talk about different KPIs that can measure if that's really true or not. Why do you think, from your perspective, sales in general struggle with that? I hear what you're saying, and we run into that all the time. They're creatures of comfort. Not all of them, but they, they kind of lean towards what's worked in the past, let's say. So what, what do you think, from your perspective, keeps them from, from evolving? I'd say a couple of things. I'd say the key thing is it's probably different in different businesses. As your your product gets more technical, that even gets tougher because if there's a technical sales piece to this, to become an accomplished salesperson and a successful salesperson with technology, you have to really master your product and master how you're going to sell it to your customer. And all your experiences around that were all based on selling, getting orders, never really sitting back and looking at a team of people in terms of how does the team how do I look at the overall team success and what are the key KPIs that help drive that team? So it's, it's your typical great salespeople aren't always great sales managers and that challenge of trying to filter through what are the key characteristics of managing within that pool of great salesmen to make sure that you've got somebody that's going to focus on the department success, not just an individual transaction success while still being able to support the expertise that you need to 
in aiding your sales team in each of those types of transactions you might be in, in, in where they are in their, in their life cycle development. So that's a big challenge. Sure. Do you, you know, you mentioned KPIs. Besides, you know, making the number, right, you, you know, making their, their revenue number, what, what are some other expectations you have for the sales team regarding KPIs? How do you measure them? KPIs are interesting. One of the things I sit down early with the management in terms of our sales leadership group is asking them, what do you think, what do you look at when you walk in the office first thing in the morning? What are the things that if you got to, if you got to design, I can see anything I want. What do I want to see every day? What do I want to see on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, and a quarterly basis? And, and look at those things and see how they align to the things you need to be successful in that will lead you to a successful order or a mm. successful sale. And that's the difficult portion is because every business, every type of product you may sell may have different KPIs that you have to be aware of or different linchpins that drive success in there. Identifying those and then putting them in place. Sales leaders don't often think about in terms of what do I want to see daily, weekly, monthly, and then trying to come up with causation or correlation to that success that, hey, if we're doing all these individual tasks, we're doing them often enough and we're succeeding in those tasks, they will lead to a successful order. Yeah. Yeah, we, I like to call them, you know, what are my leading and my lagging indicators? Obviously, lagging indicators would be revenue, right? But leading, what are those things that I see that I'm doing that are indicators of future success? on a daily, weekly, you know, monthly, quarterly basis. That, that's excellent. Any examples of some of those that you self-track or help the, the sales leader track? Well, one of the things that we've done in our business is we've, we've introduced a CRM, which many businesses are, and it's to give us more visibility on some of those things. I mean, the key things that I view are, first of all, overall communications with customers or potential customers. How often do they occur? What types of communication they are? And developing a log and a history of those so you can see the progression and, and determine which ones are key linchpins in terms of driving orders in the future. So we've made that more visible and we're collecting that information for the business. The second is, is what are the activities your salespeople are doing, whether they're cold calls, whether they're certain types of meetings, running demos, having WebExes. How often does that occur and what's the frequency and what types of customers and try to find correlations and hopefully causations between the types of activities we do and the frequency and the success in getting orders. And then the third piece is getting visibility to more people on all the opportunities out there as they bubble up anywhere in the organization. And mm -hmm. so we've tried to use our CRM that we've instituted in terms of giving all that visibility to the right individuals in the business so the business as a whole can react in the right way. Excellent. I'm going to shift a little bit. I want to talk about marketing with you. So in our client engagements, we often find a disconnect between the C-suite and marketing. We see that many marketing leaders struggle to quantify their contribution to revenue and justify their expense, right? So from your perspective as a CFO, how do you look on the return on marketing investment? Well, again, ROI is much more advanced in investing in equipment in the factories. And so most finance people are more comfortable with getting returns on investment relative to what they can measure, what they can see. And so the factory gets all that concentration and all that ROI. Now you're asking 
those same individuals to go out and try to come up with how do I get returns on marketing. And they're generally talking about more correlation and the fact there are many variables in our business especially that really attribute to a successful order and then sale. And so we often get, there's a sense of frustration or a sense of conflict on what was causation versus correlation versus coincidence. What it, <laughs> and you know that debate yeah. goes on all the time, yeah, especially. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so our marketing guys, like, you know, they'll say, hey, we did a certain campaign or a certain set of activities, and they want to attribute all the good things downstream that are even slightly related to it to it to help justify it. But you touch a customer in a lot of ways. So, so when I, I, I kind of stand back and say, all right, what's the macro view of this whole thing? We invest money in sales and we invest money in marketing, and that marketing includes websites and it includes cut sheets and it includes demo programs or emulations or sales, all those things. How do those in an aggregate way relate to our success in orders in an aggregate way? And in terms of percent to revenue, am I getting better or worse? And I really pay attention to that. So even if we go off and do special programs to try special initiatives, I always try to stand back and say, what's the return on what's what's the percentage of sales or percentage of marketing to overall revenue or to overall orders to make sure that number is continuing to improve? If mm. that's continuing to improve, the business is going to benefit from it. Am I getting the true leverage that I'm looking for? Often you can find that's not getting better, and I have all these little activities on, so then that kind of forces you to focus in and drill in to find out, okay, what, what have I changed? What am I investing in in terms of marketing or sales, and how do I stand back and recalibrate and think about things a little bit differently? So, so let me ask you this. I'm a CMO, right, and I, I bring you a project, right, because what, what CMO is not looking for more budget, right? <laughs> What types of projects do you feel comfortable supporting and, and which of them kind of make you cringe? It's interesting. I'm going to probably give you a little different answer. I feel much better in supporting that are in alignment with other departments. And what I mean by that is it's just so important today on your marketing and sales investments to make sure they're aligned with where the rest of the organization is in terms of engineering, in terms of capacity to deliver in terms of other products that are being released in terms of new features and functionality to make sure the timing's right for the organization. You could have a great marketing campaign or a great sales campaign and your delivery team doesn't have the capacity to satisfy. Mm. So for me, it's making sure all those teams are well coordinated, communicating well, and on the same page. That's probably when I feel the best in terms of an investment in sales and marketing. Man, that that is a fantastic point. I mean, how often do you see lack of coordination between the sales and marketing supply chain, right, and product as well? Again, in your experience, I mean, where do you see that the link being broken? Is it just marketing doesn't really understand what's going on in other parts of the business, or I mean, where where do you find the breakdown usually occurring that leads to misalignment? Interesting that it's often when you have really strong individuals that have had success, it's interesting, when I was back in GE, Jack Welsh was talking about one thing he did that was real successful for him. After he did his first major investment, I think he was building a chemicals plant to support the Lexan product, 
He goes, every other CAPEX requirement I gave that I had to get high signature for, all he did was attach his previous success to. And he just stapled it on top of the new project he was asking money for to say, hey, I did it before, I can do it again. So when I think about it, if you have really strong people and they're on certain projects, they can get really excited about what they're doing and, and you trust those people and, and you get in, but it doesn't mean the rest of the organization is ready. And strong people always, they've solved issues, they've drove things, but the fact of the matter is you really need to make sure that the rest of the organization, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's engineering, in our group it could be project management, do you have the right expertise, do you have the right resources ready so that if you are successful and those orders come in, that you can deliver those to your customers. At Intelligrated, everything's about the customer. Everything's about them walking away delighted. So it's just so important that you keep checking to make sure you have what you need to enable the organization to be successful and continuing to delight our customers and give them the productivity they're depending on for their shareholders and for their customers. Hmm. Good stuff. All right, I'm going to shift the conversation, specifically shifted away from sales and marketing. I want to talk about Q3. We just exited Q3. We're in Q4, and a lot of organizations are in their planning mode, right? Your sales and marketing leaders should be, or most sales and marketing leaders should be expected to deliver their strategies for next year on how they're going to hit the number and attain their growth goals. So as you look at 2015 planning, what are your top five priorities, and, and what are you looking for from sales and marketing? We're a growth company, so, you know, obviously I guess my, what I'm really looking for is what they need to accomplish continued growth in that 10 to 20% kind of range. So it, it's how are we going to get there. We also have a number of initiatives coming out, new functions and features to our existing products and some new products. So coordination is, again, going to, you know, I hate to keep coming back to that, but to make sure all the departments are aligned and ready is going to be a key thing for us in the next budgeting phase, because we're going to have a lot of competing priorities. And those priorities that are aligned throughout the company, where the company can really deliver what it says and has proven that, are the areas we're going to invest in. The fact of the matter is we're going to have more opportunities, like everyone does, than we have investment dollars, whether they be expense or capital. So it's really going to be a prioritization, and, it, and it's going to be, okay, what are the key initiatives we want to get that are going to give us the best opportunity for those sales opportunities, and how well thought out are they, and how well have we equipped each department so they're going to be able to service and support those opportunities. So if I'm a sales or marketing leader, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to be coming to you with my 2015 budget. You know, usually it's bigger than last year's, right? I either want more or I want more headcount. You know, how, how do you decide which projects and initiatives to fund or not fund? I mean, especially, you know, in an environment where you have, like you mentioned, competing priorities. Well, clearly we take each of them and we look at what are the opportunities, both from a top line, a revenue standpoint, as well as a profitability standpoint. And as best we can, prioritize it that way so at least we see at least we understand what the return is going to be on, on those areas of investment. Then we try to make sure we can understand what the costs are, both capital and expense, relative to each of those, and we'll try to do an ROI the best we can relative to that. The rest of that story is then the team that comes in. You know, when the marketing team comes in, 
or this, and, and I'd say I'll use the marketing team as this example, and they come in, and with them is the sales team, and with them is the product delivery team, where there's representatives from them saying, hey, here's our budget, we're aligned to be able to do this, and they show that there's been a communication and a collaboration of the organization to successfully pull off this initiative, that's when you get more excited when you see that the collaboration has gone on within the organization. We're a big organization. We have a number of sales channels. And the idea is, is when things are aligned, that's when you feel more comfortable with those investments. Because you're hearing from each of the departments in terms of how they thought about and how they prioritized their limited amount of resources as well. Mm -hmm. And that's fantastic advice. I mean, I can't tell you how often we are in an organization where the sales leader and the marketing leader and even the product leader, they develop their strategy somewhat in a vacuum at times. And there's no synergy, there's no alignment or coordination. But what I'm hearing from you is when they come, when each of these individuals come to you for with their plans for 2015 and with a budget request, that what you think, one of the things that you look for is alignment, coordination, collaboration. You want to make sure these guys are talking to each other, right? And often, you know, as you mentioned, sometimes you got big egos in the room, right? You know, the, the, the CMO and the CSO look at each other and they don't, you know, sometimes don't have the fondest of feelings towards each other. No, no, that's right. And I mean, one of the key things, one part of our, our culture here at Intelligrate that we're trying to build on is we want people to ask why. So when a certain project may not be funded or not rise to the priority, we want people to challenge it and ask why. Because if we can't explain it well, where everyone walks in the room and says, oh, you know what, I get it. That's the right decision. It's amazing how they now aren't adversaries, but they're in this together. Yeah. And that collaboration now is on a macro sense of, well, here are the priorities of the business. Here's why we think they're the right priorities. Here's why each of you is focusing and how many areas you're focusing and how it comes together. We want them to challenge it. I want everyone to make sure that when we do that, we're doing it together and we're on the same page. So that aids us in that process because guys aren't afraid to say, why are we choosing this project versus that one? And through that, you know, we may have discovery where we'll realign mm -hmm. things because now we have a better appreciation for what the opportunity may be on one initiative versus another. It's been fun and it, that's one of the exciting things about Intelligrated is that's part of our culture as well. Everyone feels empowered and actually obligated to challenge us and ask those why questions to help make sure we're all aligned and collaborating and making sure there's clear logic to why we're going in the steps and in the directions we're going. Hmm. So Ed, we're bumping up against our time for today. Is there, before we close, is there any last bit of advice you give to a sales and marketing leader as you, you know, as you sit in the CFO's office and you, know, you oftentimes play that role of a mediator between the CEO and, and the sales team? So is there anything you want to offer them? Yeah, I, I think in, especially as organizations grow, transparency is key. And it's an especially important that I challenge every manager, but especially the sales organizations, to sit down and really define what do you need to see daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually? What should you be looking at? And is that clearly laid out and thoughtful? And are you working on improving those metrics? Because if you are, your team and you will get better. Excellent. 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 Well, <clears throat> that's all the time we have for today. And Ed, thanks again for being our guest on the SBI podcast. I know you're super busy, and I really appreciate you taking time to be with us and share your wisdom and experience. 
I hope you'll come back again soon. Well, thank um, you, George. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. For those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast as well. And don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about us. We're easy to find on iTunes. Just search for the Sales Benchmark Index podcast or go to our resources page of our website, salesbenchmarkindex.com. And until next time, good selling.